Do you dream of having time and money freedom? Are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with your host, Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn from experts in business, leadership, personal development, and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And now, here's your host, Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. I'm on a mission to help you reclaim your freedom and create your ideal business lifestyle. As the number one authority on proven profitable processes, I help you get your business under control, grow yourself and your team so that your business works for you and your team, giving you more money, more time and less stress. If you'd like to know more, I invite you to visit ShirleyDalton.com. In my role as radio and TV show host, I bring you additional experts to help you improve your business and your life. And today we're talking with founder of Emotional Energy Exchange, Bernadette O'Connor, about how to show up authentically and live the life you were meant to live. Welcome, Bernadette. Thank you, Shirley. It's a pleasure to be here. Bernadette, I'm really excited today because most of my guests are often, uh, you know, my interviews are recorded across the computer and today we have this special treat where you're actually in the studio with me. Yeah, it's nice to connect with you in this way. Yeah, that's wonderful. So Bernadette, I always start with telling a little bit about my guests before we get into our conversation, just so our audience knows a little bit about you. You're an author, a kinesiologist practitioner, an advanced theatre healer. With Irish heritage, you inherited your special gifts from your family, but like most of us on this spiritual journey, you played it safe, graduating with a degree in exercise physiology and postgraduate qualifications in work health and safety. You were employed as a workplace trainer and created an outstanding career for yourself in mainstream work health and safety for big business, before finally having the courage to show up authentically and use the gifts you have helping people all over the world to create harmony through intuitive guidance, overcoming fear, removing emotional blocks and tuning into their inner wisdom. Yours is a unique methodology that empowers your clients to become the creators of their own life experiences through awakening them to the depth of their consciousness and the truth that all life experiences are able to be changed by bringing the energetic self into balance In essence, you help people find themselves and transform their lives so, like you, they can live on purpose and with joy. So first things first, what does emotional energy exchange mean? Right. So when I was trying to figure out my business name as I was evolving, I looked at what I had done or what I did with my clients and I work with energy But energy takes many forms. And fundamentally, the level I work with my clients is on their emotions. Yes. And so everything's energy and our emotions are just a vibration, the same as everything else. But those vibrations of our emotions can get trapped within our physical being and within our energetic being. And so what I do is I help my clients to tap into that emotional energy, Mm -hmm. whether it's emotions that have been experienced this morning Mm -hmm. or whether they're emotions that have been experienced in childhood or from our ancestors or from a a group consciousness perspective, we tap into that and we change the vibration. 
So we exchange the vibration which might be causing disharmony yes. in the body. And we balance it out to bring harmony. So that's where the exchange comes in. I like to think I help people to exchange one emotion or one vibration for another. So we look at taking people from a state of being anxious mm -hmm. to calm, mm -hmm. from being in fear to being in love, from anger and frustration to acceptance. Um, and we do that through simply altering the vibration that's being held within the being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and people don't necessarily have to be consciously aware of the change that you're making, do they? No. I think the thing is people aren't consciously aware that they're holding on to the energy of their emotions and they get trapped within the body. So when we're on that subconscious level or, or an even deeper spiritual soul level, so when we're working to transform that energy there's not always a conscious awareness because it's just a vibration and you know if we what we think is a vibration mm -hmm. and there's you know there's so much around about affirmations all an affirmation is doing is changing the vibration of your thought um, on a conscious level yes when I'm working with people it's changing the vibration of that emotion mm -hmm. on a deep subconscious level and because they're so subconscious, we don't actually have, most people don't actually have that awareness of how significantly they're impacting on the, their lives. So mm -hmm. that old stuff mm -hmm. that's sitting there quite dormant often is having fundamental impact on your day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. And um, as we change it and people, yeah, don't necessarily have, they might not walk out of my treatment room feeling fundamentally different they might feel lighter or they might feel a bit tired, but at their core, things are changing. Yes. And that creates a ripple effect so that changes happen on the surface and, you know, how you show up in life and how you experience life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And so when people come to you, and I know, you know, I've, I've um, been to you myself and... Uh, if I can talk for myself, then then there's just this underlying feeling that things are, are not working and not being able to fix it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, I, and you know I've tried many, many different modalities and trainings and stuff like that. And for me, it was always like there was this little black, what I call the cesspool of stuff, mm. you know, sitting. And I could, I could tell you where it was, you know, what are you, on my sternum, in between, mm. in, almost near my heart, but not quite. And, and I wasn't able to shift that. And yet through the work that we did, we were able to sort of, well, you were, not me. I just laid on the, on the, on the bed. <laughs> a lovely time. Thank you very much. <laughs> That's what I do. <laughs> you were able to, on some level, open that up, break it up, shift it. Mm. Um, and then, yes, walking out of your rooms, um, certainly feeling lighter, mm. but not consciously understanding or knowing that there's oh, a difference. And yet you, you'll notice that in in the days and weeks that go by, that, that you're just not doing the same things. Yeah, and, and that's the idea. You know, the way I kind of like to see it now is we're incredibly complex beings. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so many of us, well, all of us, I think, 
even if we're not consciously aware of it, are seeking freedom yes. and are seeking flow. Mm-hmm. Yet we are quite programmed to be in a state of struggle. So really what I see myself doing is unravelling or helping the individual to unravel yes. the complexities of their energy. And, you know, so you talk about that, that black heaviness sitting within you. There's, it's like a, if we can kind of see, I'm very visual, as yes. you know, so what I've just seen is like, you know, a, a, a ball of string and it's all wound up and that all of that complexity and that tightness and that heaviness comes from all of our experiences. And because through programming, what we're told as children, don't show your emotions, don't feel it, or what society says that this is how you should behave or this is how you should feel, we just let them layer upon layer upon layer. Mm -hmm. And really what I'm doing is going into the layers Mm -hmm. and helping people peel them away. So... You know, as you know, one of the tools I use, we go in and we we seek to understand Mm -hmm. where the emotion or the belief or the thoughts that are limiting behavior are coming from. And with that understanding, we're actually honoring that layer. Mm -hmm. You know, and that's what I I really like to, to look at it in that way, that even though we go, oh, I'm in struggle and all this stuff's getting in the way. Yeah, damn it. Damn it. And like, I just want it to be gone. But what we have to do is, you know, honour the dark corners of our soul, mm-hmm. not fear them, not keep running from them because that's what we do. It's actually go in and, and understand it and honour it and because it's there for a reason. And the reason it's there is to teach us a lesson. So when we go and look at it and honour it and explore it and understand it, then we can lovingly release it. And from that, we get the conscious um, teaching, mm-hmm. but the energy shifts. If we don't seek to understand why our patterns are there or where they've come from, then there's the potential that that energy can come back in. Exactly, we can rub the points and we can shift the energy. But if you don't learn your lesson, you're going to keep repeating the pattern. So that's why, you know, I go in on that deep level and seek to help people understand where it's coming from. And so they can, so they can change, on that, change their behaviors and their habits on the conscious level. Mm-hmm. And then that, you know, we have to make a big commitment to retraining ourselves out of those patterns. So we can do it energetically, but we've got this thing called free will and this consciousness, and we've got to train that out of the old patterns as well. Mm-hmm. So what what I'm hearing there is that you're able to help people. On some level, they're aware that things aren't going right, and then through the work that you do, you're able to give them the understanding and the awareness of perhaps the why, mm-hmm. why it's happening, and you're able to shift it. But we still need to do our work in order to maintain that, to, mm. to then work with what you've uncovered for people. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that... Um you know, understanding the why it's there, but yeah, making sure we take it further and it's like the lesson in the why. Because, you know, we can explore here's where it's come from. And if it's a past life or if it's come from your grandfather's mother's sister mm-hmm. through an ancestral line, some people who aren't ready to open and grow will go, well, see, that's why I have problems with money. 
and right. they stay stuck in the victim. It's like, okay, so this is where that's that. It's Those like beliefs are coming from, but we're understanding that, and now we're learning to break that pattern. Mm-hmm. So I don't actually attract the clients who stay at that point, and they go, well, now I understand it, therefore it's enforcing my behavior. It's almost with that. It's almost un- like an excuse. Exactly, and I don't attract those clients. Fortunately, it's like... But in understanding, okay, that's where it's come from. You go, oh, poor grandfather's sister's cousin or whatever she was. Oh, I feel sorry for her. I have compassion for her. I want to change that because I don't want to be her. Mm -hmm. And so then we get that stimulus for change within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And neuroscience is really backing up these days, the work that you're doing. Yeah. And you, you talk about being an advanced theta healing. And yeah. so that says to me, we go into the theta state. Exactly. You know, which is our brainwaves. Yeah. So I have, um, I've done the advanced or the theta healing um, courses and I use it. I wouldn't say I'm, I'm definitely not a sol- solely a practitioner in advanced theta healing. I totally integrate it into yep. Um, my kinesiology and ultimately we all have a very unique way of working but it's such a powerful way of healing so when I'm working with somebody um, I'm going into that theta state Mm -hmm. so my brain waves are very much in that that higher level of brain activity and with that my intuitive senses open on a very high level but by me holding that space I actually bring my clients into that space as well, which almost it it opens everything. It yes. opens the energy so that everything becomes a lot clearer. We get a lot more clarity around what's going on. But it's a very powerful um, brainwave activity or level to be in to create change. Yes. You're, when you're in that level of brainwave activity, it's so open to change. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and the work that I've been learning, you know, with the neuroscience mm. and stuff, and you've got your beta where we're just manic, really, just yeah. running around, bing, 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 busy, busy, busy. And then, of course, your alpha, which is one level down, mm. um, and with the different hertz. But then the theta is really if you really want to be changing stuff. And so yeah. um, for people that can't do it by themselves, and there's a lot of us out there that can't yeah. do it, then to have somebody like you to be able to hold that space and access yeah. it. So and look, you know, as you know, I don't necessarily talk people through this. You know, many modalities that take through, you know, in a session will take people into that state. I don't do it as such by walking you through, but I take myself, as soon as I walk into my treatment room, I go into that space. Yes. And, and so, yeah, I take people into that space. But, you know, I, I often say... For most of us, most of your listeners, for you and I, as we know, we're not Buddhist monks <laughs> sitting on a hill in Tibet. Yeah. We're real people who have got many aspects of life and we're in a life that has a really intense pace. And so to create those changes, um, we have to do, you know, we have to segment out pieces of time to, to do that because we're not going to walk around you know as I'm driving my kids to school this morning I certainly wasn't in a theater healing space <laughs> um, so you know it's it's quite an honor for people for me to work with people to come in and let me take them into that space and trust because it's quite a vulnerable space to be in you mm-hmm. know you're dropping energetically you're dropping your guard yes um, 
and you know to take them into that space and open on that level but be open to changing on that level as well mm-hmm. that's I love people who are that open to change I get excited by them I really do <laughs> I do yeah because it's there's so much potential you yes. know yeah. and that's where I um you know I get I am very inspired by humanity and people who like where we're at because there's so many people who want to create change and it's not just for themselves it's for a greater good yes yes and that's where I get really excited by working with people like yourself and you know so many of my clients are in that space mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so it takes guts to do that though you know for it's one thing to want change but then to ha- have to actually follow through and go and do, be the change takes guts but you know that um so tell mm. us a little bit about how you came to be doing what you're doing because yeah. it, you know it's it's not it's not mainstream yet it's getting there it's getting there but it's not mainstream um look i i'm a person who's Whilst conservative in, in many respects, I've always been, I've just, I've just got, I've always had a gypsy soul. Yes. I do have a gypsy soul. And so I love change. Uh-huh. You know, that's pro- probably the Irish heritage. Yes. I love change because of the stimulus. So, you know, um, in life, even in younger years, you know, I was always kind of mixing it up. And when I finished school, I c- could have stayed in my hometown and gone off to uni with everybody else. But... I went, you know, three, four hours away to, to uni down there just, and it was a different stimulus because yes. with a different stimulus, you get change. Um, and, you know, I, I, I did my undergraduate degree. I worked in that area and then I was like, I'm feeling stale. So I traveled, came back, worked in another few areas, did postgrad studies in health and safety, went, you know, a really long way in that area and then had children. And this is where I, um, yeah. I struggled, I suppose, well, I don't suppose I did, in that um, I found myself with three very small children living interstate, no career because we'd moved, and you know, <laughs> I'm just getting this now, actually, as I speak, there was no change. It was the same thing day in, day out, from 4.30 in the morning till 6.30 at night. It was like that routine, yes. and whilst part of me likes the routine, I wasn't stimulated, and I crashed, yeah. and I went, I need something for me, and my husband's so supportive, and I stumbled across kinesiology. So I'd always had an interest in natural, natural health, natural therapies. I'd never had kinesiology yep. myself, but I... Um, I always had that, that real interest, so I thought, maybe I'm meant to be a naturopath. And I looked into that, but that was going to be another four years of, of study on top of my already six years of urine. And I was like, mm. um, And then I stumbled across kinesiology, and it just went, yes. And my husband said, just do it. You know, yeah. he, he knows me, and he knew I needed a stimulus. And I landed in it. Two weeks later, the course had just started. It was 20 minutes from home. It was... On weekends, it could work. Yeah. And with three very small children and a husband with a very busy job, I was like, this can happen. And I sat in that classroom that first weekend and everything changed. Wow. It was like, of this, I remember this. Yes. And I just fell into it. But it then took the courage because there's one thing to study. You know, no, no, no. And I've had, you know, had certain people at that time say, just, oh, just, well, that's a nice little side project. 
Um, but um, the courage comes in actually going and doing the work and setting yourself up to start seeing clients and showing up in with friends and family in a way that is outside the conventional and you know I go into my treatment room and I just trust what shows up regardless of how um, sometimes crazy it even might might be but I have the courage to just go with it and with that that's how my business has grown I don't doubt in that space ever and that takes courage you know, I was a very fear-based person once upon a time, but it takes courage to just go in, trust what happens, and keep doing what you know to be true. Mm-hmm. I know this stuff works. I know what I'm doing with my clients and in the world is powerful, but it doesn't sit well with everybody. Yes. Because it challenges the way that people think, but I can't not do it. And that, so it's actually really easy when, when something's so true, Yes, you go, I actually can't not do this. And yeah. so, yeah. yeah. It's, it's a bit like that with me with teaching. I, yeah. I, I can't not share knowledge. Yeah. And sometimes that's a pain in the ass for people, I have oh, to say. Totally. Well, look, I was, I was at a retreat helping facilitate a retreat on the weekend. And because I was in that space, my intuition was just really open and so people are talking about their things and I'm just getting all this information and it's like, I'm a, I, I guide people, yeah. you know, I know stuff. And then I think that, you know, I always was, yes. you know, as a teenager, as an early 20s when girlfriends were, relationships were falling apart and things like that, I had so much wisdom. Mm-hmm. I used to catch myself and go, damn, that's good. <laughs> I wouldn't know where it came from, would think I really should listen to that myself. But it's just innately there, and I can't not share this wisdom. When I'm sitting with somebody, I, I understand them. I choose not to do it when I'm walking into the school playground. Yeah. <laughs> but when I'm in a space that I've been invited into people's space and they're open to my guidance, I can't not do it. Yes, yes, yeah. 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 Wow, I, just, I, can, I can feel how good that would have felt when, you know, and everything aligns, doesn't it? When you're meant to do something, you get into the course, it's 20 minutes from home, it's on a weekend and you just think, oh, you know. It was meant to be. Yeah, yeah. totally, totally. Yeah. yeah, okay. So what advice do you have then for people who may be longing to change but haven't yet got the courage? Ah, oh, fear. Our friend fear. Um, Fear and shoulds hold people back. Mm-hmm. So it really is about creating space to really listen to your inner voice. Mm-hmm. And when you hear, so it might be, you know, you have this inkling and you know that it's always been there. Um But as soon as you let yourself go into that, you hear the, oh, but I can't. Oh, but I shouldn't. Oh, but I'll never make enough money. And it's almost, you know, training yourself to go in and sit with that truth, that that inkling that's there, and be aware enough of when those thoughts start coming up to push them away. Mm -hmm. And then just continuing to sit with it so you get familiar with your truth. And I suppose that's just what I was saying is like, once you know your truth 
and you're comfortable with your truth, you almost can't not do it. Yes. If you've, you know, if you know that the fear and the thoughts and the shoulds and shouldn'ts are, are dancing around and they're always going to dance around, but if you can just go, no, that's not real. What I feel here is real. Yeah. And, and push the rest yeah. Away. yeah. It, it reminds me when um, when I was a kid, I always wanted to be a teacher. That that was my my golden dream. And and as an only child, I didn't have brothers and sisters, so I used to line all of my dolls and teddies and everything up on the back veranda. And I had the, this was showing my age now. Back in the day of the blackboard, the chalkboard. Not so, your age. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd have these little blackboards. Yeah. You know, these days everything's a bloody whiteboard or electronic. An iPad. Yeah, yeah, an iPad. And um, anyway, and I would I would teach them. God knows what I was teaching at age three, but anyway, yeah. I would teach them on the back steps. And yet, my parents' advice to me was get a good job, good job in the government, love. And so I went, and I um, they made me go and learn to type. And I hated them when I was fourteen. You know, yeah. it was the worst thing ever. But anyway, of course, I see the wisdom. And so I got this job in the government um, because there were no jobs for the teaching that I wanted to do when I left school. Seven years later, I still had the calling. I still wanted to be a teacher. And so I got the courage mm-hmm. to, to leave my good government job and my yes. uh, security and everything. But then, you know, I went and did four years of a teaching degree and I did six months in the school and hated it. <laughs> But, and, you know, when I see this with, with um, clients, and I attract so many clients who go, I know I'm here to help, yep. but I don't know. And, you know, it makes them really uncomfortable because they feel like they're not doing their job or their purpose. They're not living with purpose. I'm here to help. And so many of them go, I'm thinking about going back to uni to do social work. Yes. And I'm like, my guidance is... <laughs> Don't necessarily do that because you're going to pull yourself through four years of very hard study because most of these people have families already. You're going to pull yourself through and then you're going to get that job and it's going to be full of red tape and bureaucracy and you're going to hate it Uh within six months. Yeah. So social work or teaching in a school environment is the construct that we go, well, that's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah. But to help doesn't have to look like social work or psychology or to teach doesn't have to look like in a, in a schoolroom. And that's what I love about the world where, where we are. And I suppose it's that entrepreneurial world is you can take what you do and apply it in any way. Yes. You take your gift and it can be applied any way, shape or form. Now, you've always been a teacher in any job that you've had. Yes. The same as I've always been a guide and a helper in all the jobs I had leading up to me coming to here. You know, like when I started studying kinesiology, I was very advanced in many ways compared to others because for 17 to 20 years before that, I'd been working one-on-one with clients from a rehab perspective, from a safety perspective. So I knew how, I knew people. Yes. I knew their stories. I knew the challenges and their struggles. Um, So I wasn't coming in blind and I love to look at, because people will say to me, how were you ever in safety? (laughs) How were you ever walking around a brewery in high vis and steel caps and hard hats and safety glasses? And I'm like, I know. (laughs) Yet I look at that and I go, God, it taught me so much about humanity 
and so much about like the the struggles of people and like a beautiful learning ground like you know it's a very mixed bag in that type of an environment you've got you know all levels of of an organization and I was managing all levels of those so I know people yes yes and when you know people yeah you can help people regardless of where they're at yeah yeah and it's interesting you say that one of the biggest ed- well two places I got my biggest education with people one when I was working in the motor registry so before mm. I left to go teaching so we had all walks of life come in there and then the second one I worked behind the bar when I was studying and, and man does that uh, give you an education uh, I did the same thing I worked in an in an Italian club in Wollongong when I was at uni and they used to call me Skippy because I was the only Australian girl. <laughs> they used to employ all like Italians or or Europeans or European backgrounds. Um, I love that interacting with people like yeah. you know I would never have kind of normally been in that type of an environment I loved it yeah because you're just there and you get to know people and you get to know cultures and the little quirks you know so when, when I'm working with people who might be coming from a Macedonian background or a Croatian background and there's cultural strains and programming within them. I understand that because I've worked at those weddings. Mm-hmm. I know the programming yes. uh, on a level. Yeah. Um, and so I then understand the deeper aspects of that person so I can link it together for them. They're like, why can't I do this? And yes. it's like, well, you're not programmed to do that because there's really, even though you're in Australia and you're an Aussie through and through, there's deep programs ancestrally within you that are stopping you from being those things. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's fascinating. Mm. So how about a couple of tips then for our audience um, today? Because I know that you particularly like working with entrepreneurs and business owners. So um, there's two questions here. Um, What have you found working with entrepreneurs and business owners? And then can you share a couple of tips so that we can implement for ourselves to shift our emotions, you know, when we feel overwhelm and anxiety? Mm Because what I've found working with business owners is that it's lonely. Like you can't go to the staff and go, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm worried about the business or Mm -hmm. I don't know how I'm going to pay you this week. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just that. And so and then when we go to the networking events, it's how you go, oh, yes, wonderful, wonderful, you know. And. They're, they're, they're the exact places where people are and I get to see people in their truth. So I do love working with business owners and entrepreneurs because um, they're go-getters, mm-hmm. you know. I, I love people who are open to change, like I said, and they want change and they're constantly growing and evolving their business but themselves. And the more they evolve themselves, the more their business goes as well. But I get them in that in-between stage where it's like... <laughs> I'm, I'm here and people, most of the people I kind of work with, they're, you know, they're stuck in growing the business or they're stuck in themselves or they're stuck with money. And, you know, we talk about this or this phrase of upper limiting or this ceiling. Um, and from a growth perspective, it's just that you're hitting that next level of growth. And whenever mm-hmm. we're going to that next level of growth, we have to acknowledge that there is probably going to be fear and doubt coming in. 
Probably. <laughs> it will always be fear and doubt. Definitely. I can tell you from and experience. And it's because we get, you know, we grow, our business grows or we grow as individuals and we get to a particular point and we're flowing. And, you know, then sometimes it starts to get, well, often it will start to get very uncomfortable in that space. And it's like, oh, I know that there's the next level to go to. Yes. And so there's that part of you that wants to go to that next level but fear comes in and doubt. How am I going to get there? And you know, and I've never done going, it before. Never done it before. Who am I going to be? Are people going to accept me? What if I fail? All those things come in, and then you go, "I'll just stay here. Mm-hmm. It's just easier to stay here. Can't I just stay here?" And we try, <laughs> but it gets really uncomfortable. And so it's about seeing it for what it is. You know, it's like almost calling fear on its presence and go, what's going on here? Nah. Right. It's just fear. It's just that doubt of going from my comfort zone to the uncomfortable zone. And so the biggest tip I can give people, you know, outside from an energy perspective is do it. Right. Just start doing the new thing. And damn right, it's going to be uncomfortable. Yeah. But stay in the discomfort. Well, it's uncomfortable not to. It, well, that's the thing. It's uncomfortable over here. Yeah. So be uncomfortable over here and stick with it. Because when we're really uncomfortable, it's like, oh, no, I'll throw in the towel. Funny example. I always tell my stories. <laughs> um, I started a 12-week fitness challenge last week because I needed some structure in my exercise because it's the thing that would get thrown out the window. For most entrepreneurs. Yeah, because yeah. like, you know, I'm passionate about what I do and so there's always so much to do and I, you know, and I, I love it. But I went, I really need it because it's good for me energetically mm-hmm. on the bigger energetic level to be strong and powerful. So I did like a session last Monday morning and it was a very intense session. And I couldn't walk hardly. <laughs> Monday afternoon, Tuesday, did the whole, I'm trying to go to the toilet, but I need to leverage myself down. And then I went for another session on Wednesday. And I was like, oh, I said to the kids walking to school, we're going to have to get a wheelchair for mummy because mummy's not going to be able to walk. But it was really interesting. A couple of minutes into that next session, even though I'd been so uncomfortable in this zone, I went back. Yeah. I persisted. And within a couple of minutes, the discomfort disappeared and I'd push through it. Right. And I was, you know, knowing me, yes. I was like, you know, doing my whatever's I was doing, thinking, oh, this is a really interesting metaphor. It's because I could have not gone back. Yes. Because it was too uncomfortable and gone back to where I was. But I stuck with it. And even like so quickly, the discomfort went away. Yes. So my, my, my tip is... Do it anyway. Yes. Look at the fear and go, what's, what's making me feel really uncomfortable here? Yes. Ah, it's you fear. And fear is just a vibration. And do I want you? No. So it's just like, even just taking a breath, when we start to kind of get that anxiety, get that unease, get that sense of panic, get that, all the shoulds going in, I can't do this, all the fear coming in, just breathe it. It's like, no, you're just fear. Yeah. And I'm going to do it anyway. And it's, how good does it feel when you get to that next level? Yeah. And you go, damn, I did it. And it becomes really easy when we choose not to struggle. Tell me more about that, when we mm. choose not mm. to struggle. Yeah. We're programmed to struggle. 
um, society programs us to struggle. We're, we're put in a state of fear, you know. So as you know, and your listeners would know, we've got these primitive aspects of our brain that are there to protect us, our fight and flight system. And that's what fear is for. But protection. Protection. But, you know, we're not under attack all the time, but we've been led to believe that we are by many sources. And so our system, and I see this in kids and it really breaks my heart, their system are on high alert all the time because they feel like they're under attack. Right. And so if we're under, feel like we're under attack, we're on guard. Yeah, yeah, you're going to be and defensive. Yeah, we can't be open and in flow and allowing the universe to work with us. We close ourselves off and we fight it. And so we're programmed to be in that state of struggle. Whereas if we go into that new place that we're trying to break into, that new level of growth or that new aspect of our business, and we choose to stay open... And when we find ourselves kind of closing off and panicking, and I'm doing this now because this is what I'm doing myself, I just roll back my shoulders and it's like, no, I'm open. And then I really just focus in on what it is I need to do here and now. Yes. And keep doing that because every time I choose to be open, the universe is supporting me because I'm like, yeah, just work with me. Every time I close off because that's my natural that's our natural programming to close and be fearful then we stop ourselves from opening to the opportunities and the ease that comes with just open focus and and you know something that just triggered in me then when you said we um we close off to the opportunities Mm. um yeah and it's gone now i'll come i'll come back Mm. to it but it also reminded me too that uh, it, sometimes it's it's part of the process. Like I, what I've learned about myself is when I'm learning something new, oh man, there's that period between I set the goal, I want to learn this, and then the time when I become proficient at it, mm. you don't want to be around in between. Yeah. It's like I'm, I'm really struggling, I get stressed out because I can't do it and I want to do it. And, oh, that was what it was. It was we want to know the how. Yeah. You know, we, it's hard to open up when we want something but without knowing the how. And this, and this is what comes down to, like, this ultimate trust. And I was thinking, you know, as I was, as I was driving here about, I was thinking, I wonder if Shirley's going to ask me, you know, what, what do you doubt? And it was really cool because, like I said, I was a very fear program fear-based person I was a high achiever perfectionist you know there was very controlling and I thought what do I doubt and I actually thought I actually don't doubt anything anything's possible Mm -hmm. yeah and so when I open and I know this because I'm living it when I just open myself and stay really focused like shut out all the noise and just focus in on what I'm trying to learn yes or what I'm trying to achieve, then I know that I'm supported and I trust that I'm getting the outcome that I'm working towards. And it's one of those beautiful things to witness, actually. It's like the opportunities fly in and you just go, I'm actually not working very hard at all here. And, and that makes a lot of us feel guilty. Into place. Well, I 
have had to work through feeling guilty, like going, and this is old programming. It's like, okay, oh, I should be sitting at the computer overnight doing X, Y, Z. But I go, no, I'm open, I'm focused, I've done what needs to be done. Now I'm taking my hands off and I'm going to go and read a book. You're listening to this, listeners. <laughs> oh, I'm going to actually lie on the lounge. And uh, I get that little trigger of, you're lazy. Bernadette, you're being lazy. And I start to feel guilty. And I'm like, oh, shut up already. I have done that for 42 years. I'm not going to continue that pattern. So I go, no. And the more I'm out of it, the less trouble I cause in energy falling into place to make things happen. I know, and that's been your advice to me many, 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 many times. Get out of the way. Get out of the way. You know, we talk about... Letting go and people are like, oh, I just really want to let go. Truth is, when we let go, hands off, surrender, the universe goes, thank you. And things happen. I'm in the middle of that at the moment. And it's, it's almost comical to watch. You know, I was in a meeting last week around my book launch. I was going to say, tell us about yeah. your book. <laughs> I was at a meeting last week around like my book launch. And I sat there with these three amazing women and I was like, I didn't have to say very much, and I can talk, because they just got my vision without me even telling them the vision. And I was, they just were like, and we'll do this, and what about that, and this, and this, and And I was like, oh my gosh, it's intriguing, because I had my hands off, I wasn't stressing about that meeting, I wasn't going into it trying to figure out what was going to happen, or the outcome I needed, I just went, and I was really focused. And I was really present and it just fell into place so easily that I was just like, wow, this is what people talk about, the magic happening. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So what can we do then, you know, when, when we find ourselves in that, that, that yucky place where we want it and we're scared for it and we can roll our shoulders back, but we're, we're doing the motions, but we're still not really letting go. So it's. It's the habit of catching yourself when you're attaching to it. Mm -hmm. So that's one. So you just practice and go, oh, I'm in that. No, release and open. So it becomes habitual and you train yourself. But it's also, okay, oh, I'm closed. Why am I closed here? And go to what's the belief? What am I telling myself? Now, consciously. Yes, we can go, okay, I'm telling myself that this is going to be hard. Is that true? No, it's not true um, unless you want it to be like that and then you're going to create it. Sometimes we don't have that conscious awareness. It's like, well, what could this subconscious belief be? Like I'm closing off here and I'm getting stressed. What am I telling myself that's causing me to do this? Now, is it that your mother said, if you don't work hard, you're lazy? Yeah. Um, you know, I was finding myself over the weekend, I'm dealing with some IT stuff and, you know, and I've just rolled my eyes at Shirley, but I close off when it comes to IT. That's my old pattern. And I've been really good lately going, you know, seeking to understand, communicating really clearly, all of those things. But the person I was working with just wasn't getting it because IT people speak a very different language as we know. <laughs> um, Sorry to any IT listeners, but I'd been really good and then I just went into frustration. Mm-hmm. 
and irritation. We've all been there. (laughs) And I just felt myself close off and I was like, you know, lots of lovely language coming out of me, just like feeling this. And then, I, but I'm aware, I was aware and I'm like, oh, you're closing off here. And I was like, right, I'm going to cancel that contract and all this. And I was like, oh, I'm closing off. I'm getting angry and I'm frustrated. And then I went, ah, that's an old pattern. That's my old pattern with IT. Yes. And so I went, no, nah, hands off. I went to sleep that night and went, hands off. I'm just going to let it sit. I'm not attaching to it. I'm letting go from it. And I'm going to go back into the conversation with focus and clarity and get the outcome that I, that I need. And it ended up, you know, wrapping up really nicely with flow. So, yes, I'm not working with that person, but it happened beautifully because I was very clear and direct about my expectations and the outcome, but not from a place of frustration or anger, just from a lot of clarity. And then... Half an hour last night, I had somebody else who's going to able, be able to do the work within 48 hours. Done, done, done. As easy as anything. And I was like, see? See? But if I'd stayed in that frustration, I would have been putting that across to my IT person and been in conflict and struggle. And it could have been going on for days like this, but I got the clarity I needed by being hands off. Yep. Which brings us back to where we started then with that emotional energy exchange. Totally. You're actually able to exchange that frustration and anger of energy into something. Yeah, but it takes, the the, the key is practicing it. Yes. You know, it's creating the habit of being aware of when you're in struggle. And it's like just taking that moment. And like, I can do it. When I go into start to get angry and stuff with my kids, I can catch myself and go, oh, I'm in anger and, you know, I'm angry and frustrated and, and they're old patterns. And sometimes I go, bugger it, I want to stay in it. <laughs> and I do, but it's about going, oh, what's going on here? I don't feel comfortable. You know, I'm not liking how I'm feeling. Yeah. So what's going on here? And just catching yourself enough and making the choice yes. to open. And that reminds me of some training we did one time with Hale Dwoskin for the Sedona method. Mm-hmm. And they, they, once you get the awareness and they say, um, could I, you know, what am I feeling and could I let it go? And, and a yes or no is okay. Yeah. And then would I let it go? And a yes or no is okay because just in the act of doing that, yeah. it, it's, it's changing anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's um, in the... Uh, What's it called? The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer. He talks about in every moment we have a choice. We attach or we let go. Mm-hmm. And when we choose to attach to something, and this is what I was talking about, the, 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 the tight ball of string, when we choose to attach to something, then we get an emotion on it and then we get a behavior on it and then we go into an experience with those emotions and behaviors and then there's a memory created around that and then this just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then we're still in that experience 20 years later because we've layered it up with so much and then we just go oh if I chose to let go then then I wouldn't be here now yes yes Mm. yeah yeah and I love that because it's really easy to just go and that's the thing it's easy and that's what I'm finding in life is it's actually really easy to just go, oh, I just let go. Can't be bothered. Yeah. And everything feels lighter. And the world doesn't fall apart 
the world doesn't see me as lazy, the world doesn't see me as a failure. That's all just my perceptions or my old perceptions yes. that unless I'm doing this, that they will see me as a failure and I won't be successful enough in all of those things. It's like, yeah, kick back. So easy. And this is such an important lesson teaching mm. thing for our listeners here who are workaholics. Oh. You know, it's, it, it, you don't have to work that hard to achieve the success. No, and we're just programmed to just keep doing it and we do it and I've done it. You know, I've done it in corporate life and I've, you know, even done it in my own business where you just, it's just a habit mm -hmm. to go and do 12, you know, back in my corporate days, 12 to 14 hours a day was not unusual. And but from, when other people around you were doing it, you just go, that's what I do. But, you know, when I was pregnant and when I was on and then had children and I was working and I'd be doing a six-hour, seven-hour day, I got exactly the same amount of work done. Yeah. I was just focused and not standing around drinking coffee and, you know, doing this and that. Um, so we go, I'm a workaholic, but is it efficient work? No. Is no. it effective? No. no. And there's a badge of honour. You know, oh. when I was in my safety role, and it was a very intense role, it was, I was a badge of honour that I'd do those 14 hours and I'd work weekends and I was stressed out of my brain. But, you know... Yeah, people looked at me like I was an achiever and that's all rubbish and I see that in the work when I work with companies in the systems work and there'll be a, a business owner talking about Mary and oh she's so wonderful and she's here till seven o'clock every night and I think uh oh red flag yeah. and then when I actually watch what Mary does she gets a day's work done in two hours between five and seven because the rest of the time she's just mm. not being very productive at all but yeah. it's that time honored oh look at them they're staying back they must be yeah. you know great I was actually acutely aware when I was at one stage in my career I was in Melbourne and my hubby had moved down to Melbourne well he wasn't my hubby then but we both got jobs down there and we were down there for 12 months or so and the culture for both the companies we were working for and was really different to the Sydney offices. Like I remember sitting there working away with my old habits and the state manager every afternoon walking past my office at five o'clock. And I'd be like, hmm, almost <laughs> judging him. Like, oh, <laughs> state manager and he's, you know, walking out the door. But Luke and I got into that habit of getting this balance right. And I remember saying to him when we were coming back to Sydney, I'm not going to go into those old habits. And I think it was about three weeks in and there was that, you know, well, you've got to be there till seven o'clock at night to get up the ladder. Yeah. And I was like, I, I slipped back into it, but I was aware I was slipping back into it. And it's like, yeah, it's very unhealthy. I just didn't have the awareness of, you know, where that, where those beliefs were coming from. Like, and the beliefs would have been, I'm not enough unless I'm, yeah. you know, yeah. achieving at this level and and, and I think as, as business owners we have a lot to answer for here too because I remember when I worked for Kip in the franchise organisation and when I first started he said I don't pay overtime and I thought yeah so and um, you know it wasn't a big deal to mm. me but then he said what I want you to do is I want you to come to work between nine and five and I want you to be really efficient and focus mm. on the work and then I want you to go home and spend time with your husband and relax and enjoy and refresh and come back and give me a full day's work the next day and I thought 
um, I just didn't know what to say to that. But it was such great advice. It's perfect advice. You know, that's what you and I would be advising people in people in business, entrepreneurs, school kids. That's you know, you're there. Focus. Yeah. Step away from it. You know, I work with kids who are studying for HSC. It's like go into your zone. Do it. Now go and go for a run, cook a cake, you know, whatever, in and out. You've just got to go in and out. So we've just got a couple of minutes left, and I want to know about your book. Yeah. And then where can people find you? Sure. So it's interesting you were saying that you always knew you were going to be a teacher. So that, for me, from the time I was a kid, I have said, one day I'm going to write a book. One day I'm going to write a book. So I've always known I was going to write a book and I've always written, whether it was a health and safety policy or an essay on cardiovascular, whatever. Mm -hmm. I've always loved to work with words. And then 2016, I went, I feel like this book is coming. And I thought it would be case studies and, you know, I've got a lot of data there from my clients. But it hit me one morning, just I call it a download, and this idea just downloaded on me and it was a novel and over a few months I'd get up and do really focus work five o'clock in the morning till seven o'clock I'd listen to the same theta healing or theta um, thing on YouTube and I'd just write and so let's go home was written in that and it's a beautiful book it's just a story of a girl but it talks to every person who's ever felt lost and not enough and find themselves in struggle. Yes. and Which is just about everybody on the everybody. planet. <laughs> and the darkness is too much and I don't know how to get out of it, but seeking in so many ways to find something that's going to take me there to that place where I feel full again. Yes. And so it's Harley's story of going from there and finding your way home. And, and home really is that sense of, of there, but while we're here. And it's that that real fullness of, ah, there is nothing there. There's no heaven. There's no external to this. This is it. And it's, you know, I believe our, the reason we're here is to, to here as humans in this realm at this time is to find there in this moment. And that's kind of what the book. That's really powerful. Yeah. And yet it's a story about a girl. So it's a very easy read. Um, and it's just been, it's been such a, it was so easy to write. And then, you know, the editing process is a learning process. The publishing process is a very big learning curve, but one that I've embraced. So we're a couple of weeks off. I'm due to get my print proof in my hand this week. Oh, And as soon as I have it in my hand, I can say, go to the publisher and we get printed. So there'll be details on my website, um, which is bernadetteoconnor.com for, mm-hmm. for my author work um, about where you can buy my book um, and when the launch party will be. So find your best frock, Shirley. Because <laughs> you're, you're on the invite list. <laughs> um, but for my kinesiology work and my healing work, you can touch base on um, emotionalenergyexchange.com.au. No, just dot com. Just dot com. <laughs> just dot com. MotionalEnergyExchange.com. Um, yeah, or on social media. Um, mm-hmm. 
through Facebook or Instagram. And, and you don't only work with local people. I mean, we're oh, so thrilled to have you in the studio today, um, but you work with people all around the world. I do through um, yeah through Skype sessions. So I just tap into people, and it's kind of like it's it's not kinesiology in the traditional sense because I'm not testing loads of muscles. I just use my intuition and I muscle test on myself, and it's kind of like a really high intuitive level coaching session with people via Skype um, anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. It's great. <laughs> I love those sessions because you can access as much information as I do in person. So. Yeah, the technology is amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And I know when we were travelling, I was coaching right, with my yeah. clients and across the Skype and um, yeah. or go to meeting or something, any online yeah. program that works. Zoom. Yeah, when you're overseas, yeah, it's just like, absolutely, okay, and it works. What's coming up? Okay, okay, it's this belief. Where's it coming from? And, yeah. work it through yeah. it does work yeah. so where to from here for Bernadette O'Connor and Emotional Energy Exchange ah, um, really the, the vision is that um, through Let's Go Home so my book um, and I've started writing a second book well actually I've got another one half written and I've started in the last week or so another one they're really um, it's my way of planting the seed the seeds in people just little little seeds of oh maybe I could do life differently Mm -hmm. and that I can have a different experience if I go about growing and changing in a different way so my books are going to kind of be out there but it's really a lovely way for them people to go oh I want to explore this more Mm -hmm. so through my workshops and you know I've got some fabulous um, ideas for retreats uh, coming later in the year about bringing people who are ready for that change mm-hmm. to come into a space and start unraveling and I hold them in that space while they discover who they really are. Nice. And um, yeah, and center in that. Yeah. And that's the, that's the real message that we're getting today is that we're we're here for a purpose and that everything sort of leads to that. But not all of us are, are open and ready to explore that and then have mm. the courage. So, so if we are open and ready to, to explore what is really sort of pushing us from within, then somebody like you can help tap into that yeah. and, and help ease the way. Yeah. You know. it's, the, it's the clearing of the, the roadblocks. Yeah. So when you've got that inkling, that, that, that sense of who you really are or that sense of what you're really meant to be doing, but you just can't access it yourself... Because yeah. there's blocks there. Yeah. And what I do is I help people identify those blocks and we clear them away so that you can get to that person. Once you get to that person and that purpose, it's going to change again. Yes. Of course it is. It's a constant uh, evolution. But um, you get to that one and sit in that one for a while and do what you're here to do and then go to the next one. Yes. Yeah. So not only is it about our own personal fulfillment, but... and. You've got lots of stories of uh, case studies where you've actually helped business owners grow their businesses, you know, quadruple their income, etc. So, my goodness, can you feel the energy has shifted just by listening to Bernadette today? How lucky am I that she's in the studio? Bernadette, thanks so much for joining us and sharing your wisdom today. 
Thank you for having me. You just end up landing in it and it just flows from me, really, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> I feel so privileged to have met you and worked with you personally. And listeners, I can certainly testify that Bernadette's the real deal. And I highly encourage you to follow the tips and strategies she shared with you today to help you exchange your negative energy for positive, your fear for courage, anger to peace, so that you too can reclaim your freedom and continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week and we'll see you back here for the next show.